and welcome to the Ethnos New Brunswick podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today. Ethnos is a new organization looking to join in the holistic, community-transforming work happening in New Brunswick and Highland Park. Part of that includes thinking about the spiritual health and vitality of our community. Each week, our gathering is meant to give our community a safe and helpful place for that. Today's episode is the fourth in our series called Life Hacks, with the conversation being led by Olivia Ajiake. All right, good morning. For how many of you was that you this morning? It was me a little bit too. Uh, Good morning, everyone. As Dom said, my name is Olivia, and I'm so glad to see you all this morning. How are we doing this morning? We doing all right? Awesome, awesome. Well, as you know, we are in a series called Life Hacks, and today we're going to be talking about this big concept, time. (sighs) Yeah, time. It's a huge concept. And I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things that seem to come convenient to us today, whether it's being able to hop on a subway and go from uh, one borough to the next really quickly. I know MTA has some trouble lately. Uh, Whether it's you get a package immediately off of Amazon Prime, it'll arrive to you in two days, or you go to Dunkin' Donuts maybe and the coffee's ready in like two minutes. Sometimes I'm not even done swiping my card and the coffee's there. Uh, It happens really quickly. And with everything that comes convenient to us and, and um, things are easier to access, it would almost seem like we would have more time, right, to do certain things. But how often do we say things like, you know, there's not enough time in the day, or when our calendars aren't bustling with a bunch of activities and we're just kind of resting, we immediately feel unproductive, right? And so time is something that's a reality to many of us and, and, and feeling the pressure of time as well. I was actually having a conversation with uh, one of my bosses this week, and you know, I was talking to another intern, and we were saying how we live in such close proximity, we're neighbors, and how if there were any issues that came up at work or anything that we wanted to discuss after hours, it was almost very easy for us to do it because we live so close. And then I kind of stopped the conversation and I said, well, I don't know that I really want to be bringing work back with me into home life and things like that, like, especially as an unpaid intern. I think most of our, <laughs> most of our uh, work is happening here, right? And then my boss kind of piped up and he said, well, you know, at a certain point as you're climbing that social ladder, uh, you're going to get to a point where that separation isn't as clear, that you're going to have families and work and all of that. It's going to be hard to set those boundaries. And I agreed with him, but it really, that kind of stuck with me. I started thinking, why is that the case? And if you're a college senior, like myself, time is a reality that is very hard to avoid. Uh, It becomes something that's very tangible, whether it's that graduation date that's a few months away, or you you have to go take your pictures, or make sure your credits are in line so that you can even graduate in the first place. I mean, there's a lot of anxiety, I think, that comes up with that, and also excitement. And you're thinking about, after spending four years of studying here, what's next? So there are a lot of realities. Um, And then even to the fact that for some of us, time is money, right? We're in survival mode. Maybe you have to work three jobs and you're a student. Maybe you have five kids in between soccer games and drop-offs here and things to do there. Or 
you know, maybe you're a janitor, or you work the night shift at a hospital, and you have to always be on call. This is a reality for many of us. And I think statistics back that up, right? In the U.S., we probably are uh, the citizens that work the most out of any other country. Um, but it's not necessarily making us happier individuals. And so we're going to get a little bit more into that. We're going to be digging into some scripture that will help guide us through this process. But before we do that, you know, we've been talking about in life in the Life Hack series, friendships. We've been talking about um, we're going to be talking about money. We're going to be talking about dating. And so today we're going to be talking about time management. And we have a discussion question for you all to engage with at your table to get us really into this conversation. And so the question is, what is the area of your life where most of your time or energy is spent? Or is there an area of your life, an event maybe, an obligation, a relationship that you wish you could have maybe more, you could pay more attention to, give more time to. So we're gonna take about five minutes and then I'd love to hear your responses. Discuss at your tables this question. All right, let's start to hear some of these responses. Is anybody brave enough to share? This is not that intimidating of a question, I don't think, but what is the area of your life where most of your time and energy is spent and is there an area you'd like to give more attention? Anybody? I feel like a lot of times like I'm focusing on school and like homework and for every time that I do that I end up probably on Facebook I get distracted a lot so I need to like reorient my time and a relationship that I really need to focus on is like with God because it's been a little shaky lately so yeah yeah so homework and then other things come up maybe some distraction parts yeah anybody else Hi, I'm Anna, and I think I, I'm in grad school, and I was going to say grad school when somebody at my table said grad school, but it's actually worry and fear within grad school, because I think I do way more worrying and fearing than I actually do homework, or, I mean, it's sort of interlaced with everything I do, so I so, sort of like had to like disentangle myself from that, and the place where I want to spend more time on is working to, on taking care of my health. Yeah, so worry and fear taking up a good amount of the, the time. Yeah, anybody else? Okay, my name is Deborah. I'm a grandmother of those two little kids running around here. Um, so my time is spent thinking about what they're going to wear the next day, getting Nala off to school during the week, and then when the baby sleeps, that's when I pray and all that stuff, but I don't, I'm not, I don't look like that, what that man was doing because I give myself enough time to get up early enough in the morning so I won't look like that, that what that man was doing. No, that's awesome. Yeah, not everybody, not everyone is like that guy, but yes, thank you. Anybody else? Any last points to share? Um, I feel like I spent most of, uh, I feel like I spent most of my energy and like some of my time with like trying to help my family, 
that type of way, like being the oldest in the family is kind of like you have a sort of responsibility if like my mom is not there or something's, you know, my mom is suffering from health issues and I kind of have to take a role. But I feel like, especially this week, I've learned that I need to like kind of spend more time actually getting to know my family because this week I actually realized that, you know, although we are a family together, we're all completely different people. And to like kind of learn that and discover that about everybody, it's kind of like I just kind of, reevaluated myself and I've been spending 16 years of my life you know with my mom and it's like I just got to know who she really is so I feel like I should spend more time actually getting to know people not just my family but other people instead of just trying to help everybody at once yeah so how do you how do you get to know people that you care deeply about um, and really get to know them by asking those questions yeah thank you everybody for sharing um, it's we, if we were to each probably create our own pie chart, our time would look differently, whether it's you know, taking care of grandkids or working on grad school and all of those different things. Um, you know, I think that speaks definitely to the diversity in this room, but we all are kind of consumed with this idea of time since there's only so, much, so many hours in the day, right? So we're gonna be looking at um, two passages, one from Proverbs and one from Ecclesiastes. And on your table, you have this handout that has those passages. Just to give you a little bit of background about Proverbs, we've been working through um, different uh, sections of Proverbs. And Proverbs is really a book that has a lot of instructions, a lot of wisdom and understanding to apply to many different facets of our life, including um, work and time, which we're going to be talking about a little bit more today. Um, and then the Ecclesiastes chapter or section we'll be getting into as well. But let's start with Proverbs. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler. Yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. That's Proverbs 6, 6 through 10. It's interesting that this sluggard, um, or in other translations, maybe lazy bones, or a person that is kind of procrastinating, or says, mm, I'm gonna sleep just a little bit longer and then I'll get to work. That's kind of who we're talking about here, if you can get that picture in your mind. I see some laughter over there. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting that this, uh, this sluggard um, is getting instructions from an ant, which we typically think of as a kind of a small creature, right, that maybe um, yeah, that we kind of toss aside or maybe do other things with. But, um, you know, ants, I was learning this week, actually have a lot of great qualities. They work really hard, and as we can see in this uh, passage, they will gather their food so they can store it for later on. And if they, if they work together, they're able to kind of, like, carry... Um, carry like a heavy load, which I thought was pretty cool too. And so there are lessons to learn from, I guess, even the smallest of creatures. Um, but the sluggard here um, likes to take an easier way out. Um, if we look at Genesis, um, which kind of begins um, the Bible, we learn that we were made to work, we were made to flourish, uh, we were um, made to rule, we were made to create, right? 
And so work isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's actually what we were created to do. Work allows us, I think as Jenny was mentioning, to care for people. It allows us to not always be indebted to other people, to be responsible. Um, but we know that because we are damaged by evil and, and we deal with this um, with sin, that something that can be good ends up kind of being, um, if we overwork, if work becomes our identity, it's something that is no longer good necessarily, but it can become, um, it can become bad at the same time. Um, and if we jump a little bit to the poverty section, um, I know that for some, you know, this might be a justification for reprimanding people maybe on welfare or who are experiencing um, poverty or homelessness or whatever it may be. But I think the conversation's definitely a little bit more nuanced than that. There's a lot of different things that land people in those positions, of course. But I think what this passage is trying to help us see is that work is something that's innate to us as humans. Um, and we're created to work. Um, but, but we sometimes experience um, this damage by evil. And so maybe we procrastinate or we jump to the other extreme where we're overworking and where work becomes our main priority. If we go to Ecclesiastes then, which is at the bottom of your handout, um, the author of Ecclesiastes is kind of caught up with this idea that everything, that life is sort of meaningless and has a lot of comments about the failures and successes of our humanity. Um, and ultimately is trying to figure out how do we make life more worthwhile. This uh, scripture in particular um, kind of talks about the, the time that we have in front of us and then the time that we have to spend in eternity. I'm going to read Ecclesiastes for us. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. This is very poetic to me, and it's a pretty popular passage that I've heard in a lot of songs and things like that. Um, and it almost seems a uh, contrast to the passage that we read before in Proverbs where, you know, it says, when will you get up for your, from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber. It's not time for that. You're going to be working. And then this one, uh, Ecclesiastes, is telling us that there's a time for everything and there's a time to rest and there's a time to love. And um, this, I think, passage really speaks to the fact that there are seasons for everything and that time is actually something that is ordered, that's something that's established, and that ultimately, I think what the author is trying to uh, explain to us is that God is actually in control of that time. And 
we don't really know what the future will look like. We won't necessarily know when it's a time to love or a time for peace or a time to uh, refrain from embracing, which is a really interesting one too. But there's something about time that is already structured that we can't really do much about. We could do a little bit. We, we can try to understand that time, but I think it goes back to what we heard from propaganda, the spoken word uh, this morning about how really the presence is important as well. Um, you know, I was, uh, I was hacked on Facebook recently, which I'm sure a lot of us have experienced that. We get those viruses and things like that. And I felt like I was so, this is so small, but I felt like I was out of control of my timeline, like my actual timeline and my newsfeed and messages, and I just felt like I, didn't, I wasn't able to really control that. If I can draw a parallel, <laughs> God, I think, is, is so much bigger than Facebook and so much bigger when it comes to trying to understand the time that we have. Um, and so... You know, we can't acquire a secret code um, like the hackers do. <laughs> um, so we have to trust and have faith. And that's something that is much easier said than done, right? What is the Proverbs scripture? What is the Ecclesiastes scripture trying to teach us about time and how to steward it? If we turn our work and our time into chasing successes, maybe chasing money or becoming workaholics, to the other extreme where we lay in bed all day or procrastinate or get caught up on Facebook, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but just like if that's all we're doing with our time when there are other things that get abandoned, I think with those two different stories, God is trying to teach us that we're missing out either way. And if we don't forget that actually God is the one who's empowering us to work, God is the one who is um, organizing our lives and actually writing our stories, then it will be easy to try to have control or to give up completely. And so how can we actually live this out practically? As I shared earlier, we've been talking about life hacks, and so if we can get on the screen the life hacks for this week. Next one, yeah. There's this concept called kairos time um, in Greek. It means the divine or opportune moments, and it's, it's different from chronos time. Chronos is like the chronological time, the sequential order, right? Kairos time is a little bit different. I'll give you an example. Maybe you have a friend who um, has opened up to you about some of the things that are going on in her life. And, um, you know, all of a sudden, time gets in the way. Maybe you're busy with other things. Maybe it's that grad school work or time with your family. And this friend had really begun opening up to you, but now there's, there's distance, right? And... Our justifications for it is, well, you know, I'll get to it eventually, time will happen. But this friend really begun to trust you, and you were able to kind of um, start getting past those walls maybe that this friend had. But now that there's distance, um, the relationship still has to build almost over again because um, we let time slip by, which is okay, but 
how do we take advantage of this Kairos time? How do we see this as an opportunity to not just say, well, you know, time got in the way and, and other things took priority, but how do we actually seize that moment and live fully into it? I think there are a couple ways we can do that, and I've noted them here. First, I think it's to see our time as valuable to you and to God. If we see our time as valuable, I think it will be much easier for us to plan in advance where we want to spend that energy that we just discussed at our tables today. And then to actually be intentional with that time now that, we've, now that we see it as something that is valuable. And to be intentional with that time, maybe that looks like seeing time as a way to invest in ourselves, to invest in others, to invest in the community, to invest in our work without sacrificing one for the other, to try to live out time holistically. And then the third point, to learn your triggers that will try to keep you off track. Maybe you are working and all of a sudden you think about the 500 notifications or emails that have popped up and it's so easy to just try to enter into that, right? In the middle of doing something else. Or maybe you're on break um, and, and you, wanna, you wanna do something that, that might actually deter you from that opportunity to actually take a break. And it's hard, I think, um, with the advancements in technology that we just discussed, again, technology, I'm not like against technology, but even for me sometimes, I find myself, you know, sitting with friends or having a meal, and I'm thinking about the 150 other things I can do on my to-do list, and it's easy to just kind of pop out that phone and start doing it then when I'm sitting across from someone trying to build a relationship. And so how can we kind of learn to compartmentalize, not to um, not acknowledge the things that we have on our plate, but to learn when to kind of stick things in boxes sometimes, um, whether it's you know even just going to sleep at a decent hour and not trying to perfect that paper or whatever it may be. And the reason that we do this is actually much deeper than just time management. It's much deeper than um, learning how to be a better worker or learning how to make more money. I think we do this because God, we can actually delight in the time that he's given us. If we see that time as more than just trying to consume it, but to use it purposefully, almost as an act of worship, what does that look like? That's pretty powerful. I've said a lot. I want to pause us here. Take a few minutes. Discuss with your partners. Agree? Disagree? And if so, maybe share a little bit as to why. Let's do that now. All right, let's bring it back together, family. Let's bring it back together. Can we get the life hacks uh, back on the screen, maybe? We're gonna take it to the we're gonna take it to the old school. Touch your neighbor and say Kairos time. Yeah. As we draw this conversation to a close, I wanted to share a little bit about how this has affected me. Um, I am a very impatient person, you can ask my friends. I do not really like waiting in lines and that kind of thing, you know, and I mean, I'll bear with it, of course, but 
um, it can be hard to wait. <laughs> and I think that definitely extends into a lot of different areas of my life. I would say particularly for me, if I'm being honest with, uh, with my romantic relationships, which is hard to share in front of a group, of course, but when it comes to waiting and like being able to kind of take a step back and say, God, how do you want me to move in this situation? That can be really hard when we're caught up in, in other things. And I'm also a planner, so like my Google Calendar is all color-coded, and like I like to know in advance what to prepare for. But I'm also a very perceiving person, so I could kind of go with the flow. So I'm always in this constant tension. Um, but I think what's What's great about this is that when we tap into what Jesus is asking us to do, whether it is, you know, waiting for that relationship maybe to happen more naturally or to go to that church that we said we would go to or to sit down like over your morning coffee or over your breakfast and actually letting God pour into you as you start the day or being that CEO and like trying to understand like, how do I make sure that I'm actually spending time with my family and not bringing home work like I, show, like I um, told you about with my boss earlier? When we actually let God help guide us through that time, I think he can probably do much better, maybe, <laughs> than we would. The beautiful thing about Jesus is that when he was in human flesh, when he was here on earth, time was a real concept to him, right? I think about his um, public ministry. He started sharing the gospel much later on in his life. And then he had to prepare um, the disciples, his followers, those he was kind of guiding for his death. Um, and he took all of that on the cross with him. And so we're going to mess up. We're going to fail. We're going to have... Me either, Siri. Uh, <laughs> we're going to fail. We're going to mess up. We're going to rejoice. Um, and, and Jesus actually um, bear, bore, bear, bore all of that with him on the cross. And so as we're going through this series, um, I want us to keep that big picture in mind that this is not about being perfect or mastering something, but about trusting that Jesus knows what he's doing. And so I hope what we get out of this talk today is recognizing God's invitation to actually guide our schedules instead of trying to fit him into our schedules that have already been established. And when we do that, I think that will help us, as I said earlier, to move from merely just consuming time to using it purposefully and trying to learn how to live life more fully so that we can actually worship him with the time that we've been given and all the other obligations and commitments that we have. So I'm going to pray for us that we will be able to do this well this week and moving forward. Will you join me? Lord, Heavenly Father, you know what we have on our plates. Whether it's um, the commitments that we've made to our children, to our work, to our community, to our friends, to our neighbors, to our families. You already know all that we have to do. 
And for some of us, that can be exciting, having all the time in the world to do whatever we want with, YOLO. <laughs> but for others, uh, sometimes time can be something that fe feels like it's slipping away, something that we have no control over, and that can be scary. I ask that wherever we are all at today, that we will feel a sense of peace in the fact that you actually have a lot to say about the way that our time gets spent. And you, God, have a much better plan than we could even try to create in our rush, um, in the unknown, in, in our uh, fantasizing that we could have control and that our lives will look so much better. Will you help us to see the beautiful picture that you want to create with our lives? Keep us in touch with people that will hold us accountable. Um, and again, teach us, Lord, that Kairos time to be intentional and to learn the different triggers that will try to throw us off. Be with us today. Uh, and I know, um, I know that you love us and have great plans for us here, now, on earth, but even beyond in eternity. I pray a blessing over each person in this room today. In your name, amen. Thanks again for joining us for today's conversation. For more information about Ethnos New Brunswick, visit us at ethnosnb.com.